Hello? One? Two? Is this thing on? Great. What's up? I'm Powerfuse, a retired goblin sapper in Warcraft Arclight Rumble. Someone paid me to tell you about this channel, Arclight Insights, and I never say no to money. These guys have podcasts, guides, interviews, PvP tournaments, you name it. <laughs> You've got what you need here. All those marvelous creations are engineered by the folks at the explosive Prisoners of War Guild. So, if you like their mumbo jumbo, subscribe to the channel. <laughs> I did. I might even like it. Well, gotta go. Time is money, friend. Keep it real. Welcome everyone to this special interview episode. Today we have the pleasure of having Slate from the Arclight Base website and one of the big contributors to the community. He will be joining us and also I have the pleasure to have Chubb and Callers from the Guild Prisoners of War joining us today. Uh, Chubb, how are you doing today? Doing fine. I just started my vacation and I'm happy to be here. Excellent. Callers, how is your day so far? I'm doing great, man. Thanks. <laughs> that was short and sweet. <laughs> A man of few words, I like. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slide, thank you for taking your time to come here. It's, it's really great to have people like you involved in our podcast and involved in our guild as a community guest. We really appreciate everything you've been doing for us uh, so far and creating resources and your activity levels in all the discords. How's was your day so far, Slate? It's been pretty fine. I haven't gotten much sleep, but I mean, I'm here and I'm doing quite well. Okay, brilliant. So, Slate, do you have a large history with the Warcraft universe? And what's make you what makes you interested in the war game? Well, I actually do. Like many people started with uh, stuff like Warcraft or World of Warcraft. Uh, but I actually have gotten into the Warcraft universe through Hearthstone. Like I started playing in junior high, and I've been playing for like three years maybe. And then I, when I get, started to get to know the Warcraft universe, it started becoming like um, a bit of an obsession, right? Books, and then I got into World of Warcraft and kind of spiraled out of there. Even though I haven't played WoW, like for any sensible amount of time. I think I started in Legion. When the war popped up, I was, uh, I had a history with uh, like mobile games, right? I played a lot of uh, like Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes for like three years. And this basically jumped out of me as a thing that could have a lot of potential for fun and for basically the community growth seemed just like a, a, a thing that could be not only interesting, but quite progressive, I would say, in mobile games. What do you think about the current situation in World of Warcraft in terms of the content they are offering? Since I'm not an expert on WoW as a game, but I'm quite interested in the lore, <laughs> this is the thing that people were probably most mad about, like with the development of the history in Shadowlands and battle for Azeroth, but I have faith in the writers, even though most people don't. Uh, I'm really hoping like Dragonflight will take take things to a different level from Shadowlands, because I just did not enjoy it very much. Yeah, that's fair. What is your favorite type of content within the game? Well, it's a tough question, seeing as like the content is not... I, I, I mean, I don't want to say the content is not fully there, but the content that we have is definitely still in development. But PvP seems, seems like a really fun thing, seeing as uh, like people like Geno are having a lot of fun with it. And it has a lot of potential to have a very high skill cap. And that, that's what I, re I really like in competitive games, especially in mobile, mobile games. So you're more of a PvP man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What sort of feedback from the community or misconceptions about uh, Arclight Rumble have you seen so far? And is there any that you agree and any that you don't agree with? I think the thing that I noticed, and I, I don't want to say I don't agree with, but it, I think it's getting blown out of proportion, is 
people are really mad about the way that Blizzard is communi communicating about the game, and it's development is a hard process, right? Especially for a video game. Like, I can't really say much because I never really enjoyed game dev, but even as a standalone application developer, I can say that doing stuff in a large team is often harder than making it yourself. Not time-wise, obviously, because there are more people, but the way that communication channels work in a formal environment, I would assume like Blizzard, is something that can lead to a lot of misconceptions. Like, people think that all oh, the devs aren't doing very much, or they are not communicating, or, oh wow, why, why is the beta not out for other regions? We don't know a lot about what's happening behind the scenes, right? We only know the glimpses of what we can see from the develop developers and the Twitter and uh, some devs that are, well, brave enough to speak out on the public Discord. <laughs> and we just don't know a lot about what's happening. And I think we should give them the benefit of the doubt today. The game has been announced, what, like, one and a half to two months ago? And lack of information is not surprising to me. Like, uh, a lot, of, a lot of games that get announced don't get information for like half a year maybe or something like that. So I think people just need to kind of dial it back. The devs are really not at blame here. So that's probably the thing that I would say I kind of don't agree with. Yeah, that's fair. I have to admit I myself was one of the people that got a bit frustrated with the perceived lack of uh, communication, but uh, I agree with your points. I think you are correct in what you say. Yeah. Well, it's totally understandable. Like, we are all passionate about the game and what, yeah. what we hope it's going to become, and it's totally understandable that people would be a bit frustrated when they get engaged and they don't get, a get anything back, seeing as the devs don't really respond. And, I mean, I'm proud to admit that I was also one of those people, not for Arcade Rumble, but for, for New World, I was really interested in playing New World. And when we got, like, like the first development log was like two and a half months after the, after the game went out, and, it, like, the inflation was a total disaster, the balance was a disaster, and we got nothing, I was like, damn, why, why, where, where are you? I but, was right there with you, buddy. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> Those rough times, rough yeah, that was, times. That was, that was rough. When, when like, uh, different guilds were zerging into your base using lags, it was like, <laughs> developers, help, please. We can't take this anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, but everything kind of smoothed itself out, and uh, I was a bit mad at myself that I reacted this way. But, yeah, as I said, totally understandable, and... I, I get I get the point. <laughs> Wasn't it the same case? You said you played Hearthstone. I don't know when you started, but didn't we have the same situation when Hearthstone came out, where they put out like a few beta keys, and then like the rest of us got to look at all the streamers and whatnot playing it, and we were just sitting there like, "Let me in, <laughs> come yeah, on." Yeah, <laughs> th thankfully, uh, I was like, "How old was I when I when Hearthstone beta came out?" Like, I was like fourteen, so I wasn't really that into the Hearthstone beta because I started playing just before Nax came out. But what I was was really interested in, in Heroes of the Storm, and I was begging people to give me the beta key. Um, which I thankfully got after attending Intel Extreme Masters in Katowice. Like it was, it was a blessing. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's the same the same case. This is when you know you are old. You were fourteen. I was married with three kids. Oh damn! <laughs> <laughs> the contrast. Maybe maybe you're not old. Maybe I'm just young. <laughs> Some. <laughs> So yeah, Slade, let's talk about your website, Arc Like Base. What the what compelled you and Bloodwing to make that? It actually is a really short story and like many people will probably will be surprised by it, but I approached Bloodwing after seeing the the announcement for the game. I was like, "Yo, so what are you doing this weekend?" <laughs> and he, and he came to me like absolutely nothing. Cool. So we want to do an IT project for our portfolio, like a like a small one, right? Uh, yeah, sure. What is it? And then I present him with this idea for a site that has absolutely every type of information imaginable under the sun. He's like, "Yo, that's not that's not a short project." <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was basically a way for us to 
expand our experience, right? And so we are like, I'm a, I'm a computer science student and he's just starting because he just finished high school. And we needed some way to show what we can do. Like obviously people have their portfolios for like art and uh, their experiences. We don't really have anything because we already all, all did either private projects for private clients or did nothing. So we needed a way to show what we can do. And I think sites are the best way of doing this. And so, well, they're visual and that you can interact with them instead of just showing, yo, I did this thing for another person. Our skill sets kind of combined really, really well. Like, uh, I'm all about that data. I'm all about that backend. I really like working with algorithms and optimizing stuff and everything that people don't see. And he's all about everything else. He's all about doing really nice designs and making things really responsive, which was like a blessing to me because I can do none of that. That is not what you do, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that, that is not what I do. So I thought, yeah, he's the perfect dude to make this with me. And it turns out he, I mean, I say turns out, I already knew that. He's really passionate about, passionate about Blizzard games and making stuff for video games overall. So it was a perfect fit. I also know the value of a database for a community. Like, I think everyone who played Hearthstone or WoW uh, or League of Legends at some point used something to help them pull information from for the game, whether it's Mobalytics for Riot Games, uh, WoWhead for World of Warcraft, or something like, uh, I don't know, HS Replay for Hearthstone. Like, these websites are massively popular. They do a lot for the community and for the people that are engaged with the competitive scene. Like people, you pull data snapshots from them, like everyone uses them. So I was like, hey, yeah, this is a perfect thing, thing for a new game that is either promising you know, on the competitive scene or just for fun. It should not be that hard. For sure. Uh, so whilst Slade was answering to the previous question, we had the pleasure to have also Tap Snap from our podcast joining us. Hello, Tap, welcome. Hey, how's everybody? Sorry I'm late. No, it's, it's, it's actually my fault. I kind of screw up the scheduling a little bit. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, Tap, just to uh, just to let you know, we were just talking with Slade about the reasons why he created the uh, Arclight-based website with Bloodwing. He literally just finished uh, answering to that. Is there anything else you would like to know in, in that subject? How much time have you guys synced into this project for a game uh, that hasn't came out yet? It, I'm... You're putting a lot of your time into this. Uh, that's a tough question because the way that we are developing like makes it so that we don't obviously have uh, scheduled work hours. So when anything pops up into our heads or we just feel like we're not too dead inside to work on it, it's oh god, it's a lot. So I would I would say like seven hours a day is base like the baseline. Really. Well, I mean, it's I, I well, work quite slow because it's a it's a new subject for me. I I kind of swore to never make websites again after my first fiasco, but well, here I am. So it's a new subject for me, and I the way I work is not that I look up a tutorial or something. I basically um, study the subject, whether it's uh, from the official documentation itself or the technology we're using or something. And then I find ways to make it the most optimized we can. Like I don't want to make a mediocre half-measure product. I wanted to make uh, I want to make it as fast and as responsive as possible. So it takes a lot. I there is there is a lot of times when I write a piece of code like 400 lines or something, and I and I decide you know what that's that's garbage. Throw it out, and I cut out half the code or even more. Sounds like a passion of love and learning. It's something you're trying to learn. That's that's pretty neat. It's it's uh, it comes from the fact that I really like learning. I really like doing new stuff that is just it, it just works. But it also is if I was doing this project for myself, I would probably not do stuff like this. But I don't want to be in a situation where they decide it out there and then someone like uh, runs across a bug. And then this bug is so bad that their experience is either broken or it doesn't fully work. And I kind of hit that like reality check when we posted our first version, which was really buggy. Like I, I still remember the bug where uh, there was six factions 
uh, in the in the filters. I was like, yeah, that's not supposed to be there. <laughs> and from this point forwards, I kind of adopted a new strategy. I'm really ashamed to say this. We didn't do test test driven development before because it was a new stuff, uh, a new way for us. Now that we do, like there is a lot of a lot less bugs. And seeing as um, the development process does not only take uh, into account coding because that's that's half the, half the fun. The other half is making sure that this code works on our server, which is not bought out. I have my own PC that runs the, runs as a host. And the entire way that it works is that it runs Linux, which is a completely different infrastructure to what we are coding on because we are all using Windows. And some stuff just refuses to work because I never used Linux before. So it also takes a lot of debugging, rewriting code. I think when we were doing the deck builder, I remade it three three different times. At this point, I think it's like 600 lines of code, like roughly. So like times three, it was basically how much uh, how much code we wrote. So it's it's a lot of time. It's hard to quantify it in hours, but as I said, like six hours, basically the baseline for every day. Obviously, it's not every single day because of like breaks and stuff. But yeah, I think it's a fair answer. I think we get the picture of it takes a long time to make a site like this. Yeah, I mean, I think it's less about it takes a long time to make a site like this. It's more about it takes a long time to make a site like this by people who never made a big site before. So, because I, I don't think it's the, the average. I think we are on the lower spectrum of how fast it goes. We also don't want to leave people waiting for new features for long, even though it pains us when we were like, mm, let's not merge yet, we need to bug fix this stuff. We need to make sure everything works to the T, right? Um, that's why we haven't like announced any new features yet, because they are in the works, but we are also laying the groundwork for the future. Like The thing that I've been working on for the past two weeks has nothing to do with the site itself, but it has to do with the data that the site uses. So problem, I would say, with um, making it right now is we don't have the data. We just don't. There is no API that we can use. There is no official like data assets or anything that we can use. So what we have to do is basically data mine ourselves to information, which is also tricky because we don't always have the newest version of the game since we don't have beta access. And it's kind of like searching for information in the fog. You kind of know where it is or where it might be, but it might not be there. Uh, or it might be way more complex than we thought. Like, here's an example that we encountered yesterday. I was trying to map skulls needed to unlock certain regions. We have it on the site right now, but since we are using a completely new way to map information from the game to the site, we needed to make it again that we can, like, let's say an update comes out. Instead of rewriting everything and, like, putting information by hand, I can just press a button and it maps itself. It's kind of the go. And we were like, yeah, where are the skulls in the game? Like, where is the information about the skulls needed to unlock a region or unlock a mission? I cannot find it anywhere. Turns out, it's a, it's a sequence of four different objects that all link to each other in some bizarre reason, and in some bizarre way, only to get the skulls needed to unlock a region. For comparison, the way like you get normal information, you just find an object and pull pull from it. Here, it's four different objects that have four different relations, and it's it's incredibly weird. So you hit roadblocks like this, and they take like a day to solve because, like, you don't want to budge it; you want to make it properly. So yes, it it, it takes some time. I'm gonna very confidently like nod my head and pretend I knew what you just said. It's it's techno jumble. You must excuse me. I, I get I get carried I get carried away when I when I monologue. I mean, I there's would... nothing better than hearing somebody with passion talk. It doesn't matter what that is about. Yeah, even you can... though you can't understand it, that's fantastic. If there's any devs listening to this, and if it helps late in any way, maybe just perhaps it will help the community if they had access to the beta, for example. We oh, probably... that's a big wink, wink. But uh, wink, 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 wink. No, I mean, it's, I think if it benefits the community as a whole, I, I think it's, you know, in my humble opinion, I think it's probably something worth worth considering. What features do you have planned for the website? So, here, it's the most fun part, uh, thinking up 
what else we can put in this place. Like, we have... Uh, I don't want to say we have brain storage, so we don't. It's closer to brain farts. Um, <laughs> but we... Sometimes an idea jumps out and we think, yo, that would be so cool to have. And we have some of them. Like, you've heard about some of them because we've heard, we've talked about them publicly on the Discord. But if you haven't, like, some of those that are definitely coming are a user system that allows you to share builds publicly, that you don't have to post them on, on Discord or anything. They will be a big dashboard of uh, newest builds that people use, and people can upvote, comment on them, and stuff like this. And also the thing that we want to implement with this, which I think is fantastic, uh, is the idea to suggest build changes. You can make a... It's, it's kind of like a comment, but not really. It's more structured. You can suggest, let's say someone posts a build on the dashboard, on the public dashboard, and they say, yo, that's a really cool build, but I don't think this unit fits. So you click suggest change, and then you say, let's swap this for this, and throw this out and put this in. You click post, and the creator of the build will get a suggestion. People can upvote it, or downvote it, or react to it, or whatever. And this way people can... Um, optimized builds that someone posted, if they obviously allow it, it's, it's going to be an op optional thing. And I think this way the public or community builds will get um, even more activity and will develop even more. So that's one of the things that people should probably already know about. Uh, the other thing that I'm really excited for is uh, public guilds. Like, uh, uh, if you guys ever visited uh, NewWorldFans.com, it's a site for uh, New World players. They have their own uh, they have their own public guilds tab, right? And I think, okay, that's a really cool idea uh, to put here. Like, people can register their own guilds, they can put basic information about their Discord, their recruiters, their, their like, uh, inside culture and stuff like this, and people can freely join them from this public place. Um, I think it's going to be a really great support for guilds that don't have any players or are looking for new players. So that is also a thing that we are working on. What we did not mention very much, and I think it's going to be really cool, we are trying, uh, well, it's, I'm saying trying, we haven't started doing it yet because it's way back in the back backlog. It's gonna take a, a really long time. Uh, but we want to make an application. We want to make an application that works as an overlay for the game. Uh, like, if you guys ever used stuff like Overwolf for other games, it's kind of like this. But Overwolf is for PC. What we want to do is make an overlay system for mobile so that you can pull stuff, not only from the side, but let's say you're playing a PvP match, you have an overlay on your screen that gives you relevant information about the match, the opponent, or everything that you would need as a player to succeed. This could be also useful for raids, for uh, PvE missions, it basically gives you a live suggestion of what should you, you could use, or stuff that could help you during the game. So that, that's not a thing that we discussed publicly a lot. We only kind of so like alluded to it because we weren't really sure if we were going to do it. But yeah, it's, it's official. We're going to do an application at some point. And also the thing that uh, Bloodwing is currently working on and I'm quite excited for, it's um, mechanics for every unit and every boss in the game. Because this data is in the files. And we, what we want to do is we want to present it in a way that could help people uh, min-max different, different things in the game. So what do I mean by, by this? Let's say you're fighting Anixia and you're having problems. What we want to do is make a separate page for bosses and enemies. You could go there and you could go into the mechanics section and there automatically Anixia will have each attack, each movement, each pattern mapped so that you can use those use these information to make the best possible decisions you can to make guides for how to how to beat Anixia. You could make um, style stuff to help counter her. Anything we want this information public and out there, so people don't have to go looking for it. It's, it's right there. So uh, basically, like World of Warcraft dungeon journal. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Okay. It's the the thing with, with WoW is that in WoW those things are like uh, dungeon and, and raid bosses are kind of made to have patterns. Uh, in Arclight Rumble, I want to say they kind of do, but they kind of don't. Mm -hmm. um, like I don't want to speak out much about it, about this yet because obviously when we only have like the big scary thing right now is Anixia, and it's the our only point of reference. But I think it's a good one. So if people ever have trouble with a boss, they can just go go to a specific place on our site, and they will have absolutely every number, every mechanic, every pattern they could possibly think of. I'm gonna like tag in on the on the work that Bloodwing is doing on this because it's a it's a lot of work. Like uh, compared to everything else, this this one is going to be the most tricky because they aren't plainly laid out in the files. We have to kind of figure out how, how we how we want to approach this. So that's another feature in the pipeline. Some notable ones, we want to facelift some places, like we want to do a facelift for missions and the unit grid. We have information that should land there, but we are not really sure how it should be presented. I approached uh, Double Agent for a bit of, a, a bit of help with uh, some information because, uh, well, he was there. A lot of people were requesting stuff like the cobalt miner or the, the structures to be in in the grid part of our site. They're going to be there, although it's a bit more tricky because uh, there are some things I was not expecting to be in the files, and I don't think anyone was expecting to be in the files. There are some stuff that I don't know what they are, and you probably don't don't know what they are. We need to figure out what everything is first before we put it on the site so everything like matches. Like there, were, there was a time when uh, we accidentally included every unplayable miniature in the game and the grid, and we had to really, really quickly hide it. I don't think anyone noticed. Yeah, we, uh, we accidentally posted that. So that, 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 that's, a, that's a lesson to be learned. Is there anything else that is close to, close to being announced? Let's, let's think. I think, like, obviously with the user, user update there, Will come different ways yeah, that you can personal personalize your profile, but I don't think that's very important. I I think that that comes with uh, with the idea of the user profile. I don't think there is anything else that is worth mentioning right now because they can like be we can decide to not make them just like that. Uh, so I don't want to promise anything yet. But don't worry, we are not going anywhere, and the site is is going to be updated as as frequently as best we can. So. I mean, that's one of the big pluses with you guys doing a Blizzard project. You don't have to update us on anything. Hey-yo! Hey-yo! No <laughs> new content plus! <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, that's fair. Soon. <laughs> soon. Yeah, soon. soon. My favorite four letters. Soon. In a nutshell, for some of the features coming up will be cooperative community build creation with unit suggestions. Uh, guild features, mobile overlays, uh, yeah. boss mechanic resources, and and others to come as well. On a personal level, I have to say I'm very excited to to see some of these ideas. I think the overlay will be something incredible if 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 you guys can actually pull this off. And uh, as as one of the guild leaders in our guild, uh, Colors is here. He must agree with me. I'm sure that the guild features will be extremely helpful as well for... Yeah, I'm totally uh, angry with it. Yeah, but, but it looks really interesting. I I can only imagine this is a lot of work just in these four features, but, you know... <laughs> uh, quick one, are you guys thinking to one day expand to have like people uh, helping you with tasks, uh, uh, helping you with the, with the workload that you have, like... Is that something that you guys discussed already between the two of you? Um, I think, like, yeah, this is this is definitely a big yes. If we are thinking long term, we're definitely gonna want to expand all hands on deck, right? There's gonna be so much work, and there are gonna be some avenues that we are just not good at. That we need people that are experienced on or want to be experienced, because I mean, we're not, we probably don't want professionals on our team yet. We want people that are. A similar level to us uh, so that we can all learn in tandem but the problem with that is if we want more hands on deck we're definitely gonna need to restructure the, the way that we are approaching the 
the organizational side of things. Because at this point, we would need to become a company. We would need to uh, become become a company and hire people, which is not a bad thing because I've already done it quite quite a lot, um, just not here. But the big issue with this is if we want to hire people, we need the source of revenue, which is nowhere near right now. So if we have a source of revenue and we can afford uh, the help of new people, then yeah, totally, we want new people that want to learn. But right now, I don't think that we can afford it in any, any way. So this, this is the perfect segue to one of the next questions we had planned. Depending on the exposure that the website will have, the features, how well the game does within the Warcraft community in terms of users, in terms of monetization, are you considering taking this to the next level one day and actually have sources of revenue for the website? Adverts, subscription, services? What do you guys have in mind? I know it's early days, but what do you have in mind? So when it comes to do we want sources of revenue? Yes, that's, that's a big yes. But we are still considering how this will work. And it's like, like the, the thing that we definitely want is advertisements and i'm gonna preface this before anything else like i'm a guy that absolutely hates ads so we don't want ads that will hinder in any way the user experience we will probably have just a sidebar on the right or on the left or both that just has ads no scrolling ads no no nothing that like obstructs uh, the user view if you want to get information quickly no ads will hinder you in that so that's point number one, we definitely want ads. The problem with this, and probably with any other monetization um, way for our client base, is the fact that we don't really know how Blizzard looks at this. Like, we are obviously using their assets, like their, ima their, their images for units, um, maybe their videos in the future for like unit presentation and stuff, um, and information that is from their product. Mm -hmm. The way that we are approaching this is very cautious because we don't want to get a cease and desist. We don't want to wake up one day and say, hey, yo, we saw, we saw ads on your site. Uh, you can't do that because it's our content. And like, don't, don't. Because the first that this, it, it will quite sour our relationship with uh, the Blizzard developers and with Blizzard itself. And it will be kind of ouch, right? So. We need uh, we need to figure out a way to do it legally and a, and a way that no one gets upset that we are doing it. On the other hand, there are a lot of sites that just do this, like as I as I previously mentioned, stuff like Wowhead or HS Replay, just have ads, just just that they and they still exist and they existed for a long time. So we may be clear, we also may not be clear. So that's a that's a point of point of contention that is stopping us from introducing. Uh, simple stuff like ads on the site. The other thing that people kind of uh, assume we might do, and we don't, we don't know that yet, is a version of a premium for the, for the, for the site. There, is, there are a few like, pros and cons with this. Pro is that people that want to support us have a way to support us uh, and gain additional things. Uh, the con is that people that don't really have money for it may be scared that we are blocking off content that is important to them, which is obviously no one wants this, and we are not planning to block off any essential content for, for users, like never, absolutely never. What If we ever did a premium for the site, it would probably be something along the sites, uh, along the lines of Discord, Discord Nitro, right? So it doesn't block off any, any servers, it doesn't block off any way of messaging, and if you use Discord, Discord Nitro will not change very much, except for the fact that you just get cool boons and you get to support the company, right? You get uh, some visual flares and you can boost the server on Discord. So we kind of, if we ever did a premium, we would kind of want to work like that. Uh, let's say you buy premium on our site, you would maybe get um, visual flares from guilds you're attending, maybe you could add certain different banners to your to your profile, maybe like animated avatars or something, like some small cool stuff like this. We don't want premium to block off content, we want it to be a way of, you could say a, a way of do donating to the cause, right? So, so that's how we envision premium. And when it comes to services, um, 
that's more of a technical thing, but since we are data mining and there is absolutely no API, so that's a, that's a, that's a way of pulling information officially for the game, we could at some point host a paid API for people that also want to pull information from the game but not necessarily want to data mine they could pay us a small fee and we can allow them to pull information that we data mined. It's more technical, but uh, I think it could also be a thing. Again, Blizzard might not like that, so we don't know yet if any of those options are on the table. One of the things that uh, springs to mind as well that you could use in terms of your premium service, for example, it could allow the users to uh, have featured builds, like you know when people are creating builds together, you could have them like highlighted or something if if you are part of this premium. Yeah, so, that's that's also yeah. a thing that we yeah. were thinking about, like yeah. highlighting of premium content. Like yeah. let's say, if uh, if anyone has ever heard of Escape from Tarkov, they have their own like a package or that costs the most right and people with that package just have a just have just have a, a golden nickname and a, and a small crown so Im imagine that but like for builds and or for smaller stuff that just highlights the people that support us financially we want to approach this from a from a way that no one loses which is obviously it's never going to work but at least we can try Free, free users don't, don't feel like they are missing out on absolutely anything crucial and premium users are happy with the content that they are getting without having uh, like advantages over free, over free users in terms of meritorical content, you know? Would you ever consider monetizing the overlay? It's, it's a tough question because the overlay is so far out that we can't really assume anything yet. We don't know how much, how much work it's going to take, if, if monetizing it is going to be worth, uh, we don't even know the numbers that the site uh, could could hit, so it's it's all in the air right now. Is, is it possible? Probably. Is it something that we want to do? We don't know yet. Can't yeah, wait fine. to listen to this podcast again in a couple of years and then think what happened, man. Yeah, what happened, man? Why 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 don't they allow people with adblock? <laughs> what is the overlay? Yeah. <laughs> no. uh, oh, he promised. Like, oh. He promised. Yeah, exactly. Uh, from what I've seen so far from those two, I actually believe they will pull it off. We still have the benefit of the doubt. Great. I hope we don't break in the row in What are your greatest difficulties and or constraints in creating the website that you've had so far? I think the biggest one would have to be... How do I say this? I want to say lack of experience because... We've all been there and did stuff that's similar, but uh, just the the lack of experience in creating something this big for, for a group or a community. Like I don't have this experience, and the just the pure stress of messing up and having people not enjoy it as much as I would like to is a big factor. Also, the the stress of just like putting something out there. Um, on such a big scale that people will use is uh is it's it can kind of pull you down sometimes although it can work both ways it can sometimes be like oh my god what am i doing right now right but on the other hand it, it could be like oh my god people are actually using it it's so cool um this is the experience i've had uh while looking at the theory crafting channel when i see people using the uh the build site to share those things i'm like yo it's actually useful. I'm so happy. So it's, it can be both a motivation and a constraint as well. The other one, more, more technical one instead of a like a mental one, is the fact that we don't have beta and we kind of have to, um, I don't know, experience the game through the lens of files uh, and ask other people about what the hell this is. There are some times when I will ask really obvious questions, uh, like I think I asked if the Cobalt Miner can do damage because I was almost sure it cannot, because, well, I look I look at the game through the through the files more than the game itself, since I can't really access it yet. As a constraint, it's not that much, because, um, well, the files are structured in a way that is um, understandable most of the time, but sometimes you feel like you're lost in a fog and you have no idea what's going on around you. So that is probably the biggest constraint. That's kind of funny about the Cobalt, because there is a talent in the dungeons that give it 
25 levels and it just I've seen people just use that and it singly handily beats a boss. That's that's surprising. So the kobold meta is now our kobold overlords have arrived. Yeah, there's a, there's a talent that gives it plus 25 levels and then there's another talent that gives your single melee units life steal and I watched a guy on Twitch the other day he got both of those talents, and the thing this all the way up and killed the boss by itself. Oh, also one thing that's uh, kind of funny. I don't know how like how relevant this is. I don't. I don't know if this is work in progress. If I'm le- leaking something or anything, or something else, there are files in the game. I was looking for structures. I was looking for the health health of towers, the statistics of barracks, and stuff like this. So what I expected is uh, I will search for tower or turret or whatever, whatever, and I will search for barracks, and they will pop up, and I will be able to pull information from them. What happened instead is I typed in barracks and I typed in towers, and then like seven different versions of towers popped up, which don't exist. Mm. Like there are obviously the base ones. Uh, there's also one that really kind of stumped me. Uh, there is a dragon tower, which is... Uh, I was like, dragon tower? Is that like a like a boss-specific thing or something? So I dug a bit deeper, and it turns out that dragon tower only appears in one fight in the entire game. On only one map. And that is in Winter Spring when you were fighting, fighting Azuros. Only there. Absolutely nowhere else. So I don't know what, that, what this is about. And I don't know why it only appears in one place, so that's one thing. The other thing is, uh, let me pull up my site, because I, I think I have it on hand. Uh, there are two units in the game that are not accessible, and I think I, either they are leftovers from the previous version, or they are something that I don't understand yet. There are... oh god, what is, what is it called? There is a copy of the Blackrock Pyromancer that is 8 cost, that has a completely different uh, different description and is classified as a tower for some unholy reason. And I don't know what this is about. Um, and I haven't gotten a clear answer. So maybe it's a, it's a I don't know, a, a future uh, feature that is just like coded in a way that, it's, that doesn't really make sense. But TLDR, there's a lot of things in the files that are not in the game or because they are either work in progress or they, or they are not implemented yet. I can uh, 100% say some of those things are just leftovers because when we were working with the previous version, uh, there was a lot of things that were just broken. I, I remember that the Bad Rider and the, I think the Dark Spear Troll had talents that didn't exist, but in the newest version they do. Some assuming this is just a leftover, but who knows? Maybe we were looking at some really, really bad leak or something, I don't know. And yeah, there are a lot of towers that don't exist yet. And I, I, I don't mean they exist in like one mission, like with Azuros, like with the Dragon Tower. They just don't. They, they are absolutely nowhere in the game. We cannot find them anywhere in the game. So again, maybe future content? Mm. Oh, another thing that I think they announced, but kind of went over by the wayside, is uh, cooperative modes. They are definitely in the files. On most of the, ma- most of the maps are cooperative. Like they have a flag that says two v two, so I'm, I'm assuming PvP two v two is coming coming soon, and the PVE two v two v environment is also coming soon. Or I mean, I'm I'm saying soon like I know it's coming soon. I just <laughs> it's I, I, I know I know it's there, so it's coming for sure. But how, when I don't know, I don't know. Uh, just here soon. I was thinking I couldn't get any more hyped. Yeah. It's... <laughs> <laughs> So, with you being able to get into the game files, what has been the craziest thing or the most exciting thing you've seen in the game files? Two things. One happened yesterday, and it's it's more funny and really bizarre to me, and I don't know why why this is there. So, we were looking through the files, and we see, like, let me just give you some context. When you see a text in the game, so for example, a name of the unit. It's not a static value. It's something called a localization string. So uh, it has a number and then you go to your localization file, which is basically your language file, which is w- w- whether that be English, Polish, Russian or whatever. 
uh, and then you reference that number with a value. So for example, uh, we have a number 5 and we, we have a Russian language, so we go to the Russian file and reference line 5, and that's our name. That's that, that basically how the game is translated. So we are looking through those because we were looking for some unimplemented localization names because they are there. And we, we stumbled upon a file called, it's a localization code, for example, enus dot bad. I was like, what the hell is bad? Like, what's, what's the, why is there a file name called bad? So we dig deeper and it's just a big encoded string. We don't, we, we had no idea what this is. It looks like any other object, but it's, for some reason, it's compressed. So it's, uh, it has to be big and it has to be big enough to be compressed with a, with an algorithm. So we try to figure out what this is. We use sites like Crypty and stuff to, to try and pull information from this. And it, it's, <laughs> it was a string encoded with Zlib. It's, it's an algorithm to com compress strings. And what this is, is a profanity filter. I'm like, profanity filter? Okay, what's, what's interesting about this? It's basically everything that the game censors, which is unsurprising. But what is surprising is what we found that the game censors. There are some obvious stuff like swear words and slurs towards like racial ethnicities, but there are some words that we would never think to find there. One of the words that is censored by Warcraft uh, Archive Rumble is Blizzard. Blizzard is an officially censored word in the game. What else is censored? Diablo 1 and 2. <laughs> For some reason, those <laughs> words are censored by the game. There's a spell in the game. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't know how effective this profanity filter is, because I asked about this. They, as developers, don't manage profanity filters. They uh, Battle.net does this for them. So, like, the, the, their, their, their platform does this for them. And I'm assuming there are exceptions to the profanity filter, because I would be really surprised if Blizzard was actually a censored word in the game. It would be so bizarre. But yeah, this is one of the things that we found yesterday. One of the things that get us gets us hyped also is, uh, I think Bloodwing found this, maybe I can find this in our convo. Um, there are fully rendered maps that don't exist in the game. They are fully, uh, they, they are full assets with textures, with, I think with uh, data as well, but I'm not sure, that are in the files but don't exist in the game anywhere. They are not a mission, they are not a map, anywhere that you can access, but they are in the game. So we basically found some either cut content or uh, unfinished content that is there. That is one of the things that is most exciting. How would you advertise the board to make it interesting to players from WoW, Hearthstone, etc.? I think the best way to approach this, and what I've been doing actually uh, on the wayside with players, my friends actually that play World of Warcraft and other IPs, is the fact that it's a game with a lot of potential. Like it's a, it might be a mobile game, but right now it just looks like a great iteration of something that can become more than just a mobile game. If it can become a really popular one that harbors a community that is passionate for the lore and passionate for competitive, competitive gaming and other things that are usually not associated with mobile, mobile games, which is really, really, really cool. And the thing that kind of draws me in and probably will draw other people in. So like. Don't present it as a mobile game, present it as a game that is really, really full of potential. It is so true. Like, the stigma surrounding the mobile game. I had people apply to join our guild. Sorry, just a side note. Yeah. And uh, when we asked them, okay, can you make an application? One of them said, oh, it's only a mobile game. I'm not going to bother with that. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> what? <laughs> I hope that Arclight Rumble is one of the games that will come up to help dispel this massive misconception about mobile gaming as inferior. Yes, it has a lesser scope because of the platform used and it's obviously. Why in any way it diminishes at the value of in terms of fun, in terms of community, it shouldn't really, a mobile game shouldn't really be seen as so inferior to, to other games. But, if people try hard enough, they can make it as fun and as engaging as any other game. I I don't know what your guys' views on it, but it's just for me. They, uh, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, yeah, I completely agree. 
Yeah, the stigma around mobile games right now is largely because of the monetization they have, I think. Like, everything is based around free-to-play and... Yeah, even with Blizzard self, themselves making Diablo Immortal and pushing the boundaries of the, what that even means, that uh, maybe, like, you don't see mobile games in the news for good things, like, ever. So, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's hard to see why people are looking down on them. Yeah, we also have to remember that, well, bad news sell better than good news, right? So... Yep. I would not really um, base my opinion on anything that like a game journal journaling site posts, right? Because they are trying to get clicks for most of the time, uh, which is not a bad thing. Obviously, they're a business; they need to make money. Um, but when it comes to actual factual information and unbiased opinions, I think that I mean there is no no better way to know than just trying it for yourself. Like if you if you find the game fun, that's that's fantastic. But if you don't, then well. That's also good. What exactly about Arc Like Rumble brings stand makes it stand out to other games that you've played that have maybe been similar? You talked about playing Hearthstone, and I don't remember the name of the other game. Yeah, it's Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. It was a a mobile right. game. I think it's going to be a bit weird because people probably expect me to talk about mechanics and features, but the thing that kind of drew me in as a <laughs> as a just a player not a developer or anything was the uh, the over, overall aesthetic and lore like obviously it takes place in the warcraft universe which is a gigantic plus for me which is the thing that kind of put my attention on the game and then when i saw how it looked i was like yo that looks something i've never seen before like, it looks like a table with the miniatures as an aesthetic and it, it's fantastic it looks great it doesn't look too cartoony it looks uh, the best kind of polished when it comes to visuals. It looks fantastic. And then when I dug deeper, I was like, the, the, the features that they are implementing are different from other mobile games that I've seen. Like, obviously you have the overlapping features with, as someone probably previously mentioned, like stuff like Clash Royale. Uh, people like to compare those two. But the way that you get minis is, I think is different. You don't have to rely on like loot boxes or or chests or anything like that and the way that pvp works seems the best kind of fair like you don't have to worry about levels you just play the game and you have have fun and <laughs> it, it, it might sound weird but in the in the modern gaming space fun is probably the best thing the the, the biggest thing that people, people are looking for so yeah i think that's as simple and a really, really simple explanation of why I think the game kind of drew me in. Okay, that's fair. What other features would you like to see uh, implemented in the uh, Arclight Rumble that hasn't been announced and you haven't like found in the files? Uh, that's a good question. I think that some other version of PvE content would be fantastic. Like, we obviously have raids, but we don't really... I'm saying we have raids, we don't have raids yet, but we know we will have raids. I think some variation on that that isn't um, guild-based would be really cool, because not all, not everyone will belong in a guild. And I'm assuming raids are going to be guild-based, uh, they're not going to be solo-based. And I think a bigger expansion of the guild system, I think that, like most mobile games suffer from this, where you can, where you just have more features and options to manage and uh, look through your guild would be quite good, because I'm I'm having a feeling it's a bit bare bones right now. I've seen the question float around on the podcast before, but what do you actually think personally the rage will be like? How do you think they're gonna work? I think I've I've posted my thoughts on this in general. I think rates are either gonna be a small group of people, like five, uh, or solo, you go into a raid, uh, there is a big health bar of the boss, and you just chip away at it as a guild, and taking turns. I think this is the, the, the way that I would approach this when seeing technical difficulties in a mobile game, as in, like, you can't really have 50 people on a raid in a mobile, mobile game, right? So you have to mitigate that, that somehow. So I think five, five people will... Uh, attending a raid and just chipping away at a boss, then backing out and letting another group join in would be great. And I obviously think there are going to be mechanics that are 
fully guild-based or group-based, as in buffs for certain players, or maybe debuffs that you, ha you have to work together to, uh, I don't know, pull off of each other, mitigate. It's going to be really fun, at least I think so. And I'm, I'm just imagining, the, uh, imagining them as WoW raids, but within smaller groups. So that, that's how I see them. So Slay, changing the context a bit of the interview, what are your favorite leaders in the game so far? Favorite regular unit and why? Uh, this is this is uh, this is the question I've been thinking a lot about, like in my own time. Uh, it's uh, I have two contenders. Either it's General Drac because I freaking love dragons, uh, and his passive seems really really fun as a leader. And the other one, I'm gonna be really brave here, guys. No one has ever answered this before. My F Shadow Song is pretty cool. Let's I go. Know, yeah, I don't know if you guys heard, but she's pretty fun. How uh, dare you? Yeah, right. You. <laughs> I am here. I love her. Uh, but I, I, I really like the unbound mechanic. I think it like gives into some ideas of really high skill cap place. So I really like that. And when it comes to regular units, oh, that's a tough one. Um, I think I'm gonna be also like I, I'm, I'm guessing this would count as a unit. But it's technically a spell, but I love the idea of execute. Execute seems like a thing that could just really be a big swing in a game, and it feels really, really fun as a just as a regular thing. It doesn't. It's not complicated. Uh, it's not like uh, over-engineered. It's just simple. It's execute, right? Everyone loves it. So I, I think that those those two have to be have to be the, the most fun. Yeah, we're not gonna let you get away with just a spell. You have to. Oh, all right, <laughs> fine, fine. Uh, if I'm gonna give you a unit, let's let's think about this. I'm gonna say probably probably the Goblin Sapper. It just like the flavor of it. I'm obviously not educated enough to give you a balance reason. I just think Goblin Sapper as a as a flavor bomb works really really fun. And who doesn't like goblins, right? Right, guys, right. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm not coping, I promise. Cool. Do you see an esport potential in this game? Absolutely. I, I think it's one of those games that is kind of made for competitive place, right? We have we're gonna have raids and we have PvP, and those are like two big features that can be um, made really competitive, right? With with raids, it's obviously um, how fast you can clear a raid, and that's that's a, that's a group activity. And PvP, like it's, come on guys, PvP is gonna get competitive at, at higher levels. And as an esports, I think the game has so so much content that feels like it, like it can be explored by really skilled hands. I think it's gonna be a, it could be a fantastic esports. So Arclight Base is gonna sponsor esports. I really, <laughs> we don't have the money, but sure, totally. Let's go, confirmed. And now I'm gonna ask you something which you're gonna answer yes. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, go ahead, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I can only imagine that you have been following the first community tournament on YouTube. Oh, you... the, fa the famous community tournament with Pineshot, Toasty, and the other guy. Yeah. Yes, I have been. Good answer. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you passed the test. You, 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 are allowed, you are allowed to carry on. Hey, Slade. So, what are some questions that you were thinking that we were asked, were going to ask, but we did not? Or was there any think that you wish we would ask you? I think the question that I'm... I'm not, I'm not gonna say I'm surprised, but I was kind of hoping to get asked is how I see the future of the community and the community features in the game, because obviously as a guild, I think that's kind of, kind of important for you guys. But when it comes to this, I think like community features are just gonna get better. I think they're just going to get more advanced and they're going to get, I, I, I want to say more social, but that's kind of, an, kind of a weird, weird way to say it. I'm going to rephrase that and say, I'm just hoping they get more involved with people. Like we obviously have guilds, but guilds are kind of a kind of bare bones, so we have to rely on, on Discord to have a community hub. So I hope the game expands on this in some way that doesn't require us to use third party solutions. I'm really hoping they have some guild leveling mechanic where, yeah, that would be people, awesome. where people do things 
that will help the guild rank up and then based on the guild rank might get a small benefit like maybe some extra gold weekly gold or something along that mindset helps or even in raids it might give you a power up in the raid yeah i haven't even thought about this this it sounds like such a cool feature to be implemented like uh, as, as a community feature to get people grouping up together for i'm gonna say this in big quotes the greater good uh sounds like you said just, it yeah so like it's it's gonna be it could be really really fun i also love to see a community getting rewarded for activity and and helping the fellow player i would love to see some sort of but i would like to see like players that go out of their way to help other players and provide them with information i would like to see them getting some sort of recognition and reward in the game not something game breaking but just like a, a some thank you and appreciation for that by the way when you mentioned earlier that you thought raids could be also soloed i also had a heart attack as a guild leader because <laughs> Because, <laughs> because I want because I want guilds to be relevant and uh, things like co-op in raids I think is kind of really important because we don't want people just to get close themselves in a shell and just play by themselves without interacting and without helping each other. So I really hope that um, guilds become actually essential in a way for gameplay. Do you think? I think it was actually you, Spanner, and Gora, and me that talked about race at some point in the Discord, just on our own time. But do you think something like that's even a question for all of you? Do you think something like the World of Warcraft way of doing raids would work for this? So, like, you could potentially do them, quote unquote, solo, but it would be like raid finder level. So, like, it's an easier mm. thing where you queue up with randoms. And then we have, like, the guilds can do, like, hardcore stuff and even do Mythic in Arclight. Would that I, be a way to, like, maybe make it work so everyone gets happy? I see, I see a, a small problem with this, is that the, the Raid Finder in WoW kind of relies on the fact that it's easier to communicate in PC than it, it is in mobile, right? Imagine a Raid Finder where you have the same mechanics as you do in guild raids is just like i don't know how would that would work like it would be really really hard to do with randos i mean have you i'm just gonna call you out have you ever tried raid finder in World of Warcraft? i'm gonna i'm gonna admit i, I have not i uh, i can tell you they're not communicating with each other that's okay, one so thing they're not that, doing that, that, that's how that's how it works ah, i see okay they, uh, i take yeah. it back then no sometimes they type the word noob uh, yeah, the, oh, I see. That is that is the communication level. <laughs> no, but I but I agree with Slide because if it will be really complex because at least in WoW you can quickly alert people for certain mechanics even though they should be having add-ons that pretty much do it for you nowadays. But I agree that it will be a nightmare in uh, Arclight Rumble to try to coordinate certain things. It's um, probably true. Yeah. But, you know, obviously we need to adapt our expectations to the reality of what can be done. Certainly hope that there will be lots of content with co-op and as many people as possible because it promotes community and it promotes fury crafting and coordination and uh, it helps esports and all that. So we, we'll see what's going to happen. Yeah. So th this brings us pretty much to the end of the podcast. It was a pleasure to have Slade here today. I, for one, had a great time listening to his insights about uh, Arclight Base and the things he found in the code, his views on features for the game, his views on the community, the future of the game. It was great. I would like to... Slade will, will have the last word today, but before we get there, I would like to thank Chubb, Colors and Tapsnap uh, for taking time to be here with us. Chubb, I hope that you enjoyed being here today. How did you find it? It was a really fun experience, I'd say, but uh, yeah, of course, uh, I could maybe have been a little less shy and talked up a bit more, but uh, it's all about learning, and yeah, I've been pretending to know what Slay has been talking about this whole time, but uh, it is what it is. What about what about you, Colors? I already enjoyed this uh, one and a half hour, maybe. Yeah, just for oh, the yeah. this, this for the least... <laughs> For the listeners, this hour and a half it actually will be less for you after we spend the next six hours editing this recording. <laughs> That's not. I really enjoyed some of the insight, especially uh, digging into the game files and seeing stuff that could be potentially there, especially the 
there's other maps that haven't been shown potentially be the raid maps or other dungeon maps so it's 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 always exciting to do these interviews and i hope we can get some more uh more community members engaged in doing these and i think it it helps everybody in the community not just in our guild or in the other discord channels but people that are not in the discords that are just finding us on youtube or spotify fantastic and just before i give the last word to slide i just want to remind everyone the links will be in the descriptions in the different platforms that you can uh, listen or uh, watch our podcast arclightbase.com big thank you for slate and bloodwing for putting all this work for the community and slate you can say anything you want i leave you with the last word today and once again thank you very much for being here thanks guys it was really it was really a fun time i'm really glad that you guys endured my really technical tangents and i really hope i haven't i haven't like made people tune out even though some people didn't understand what i was saying it was really nice to be here uh speaking with people as passionate as i am and yeah it was it was a great time Created on the 8th of May 2022, the Guild Prisoners of War is a force in the Arclight Rumble community. We have a solid structure in place, with the roles of Chieftains, Taskmasters, Elders, and Wolf Riders. Our Discord is always active and our members are friendly, competitive, and knowledgeable. We will always challenge ourselves to compete in all content types in the game. If you think you got what it takes to be one of us, apply to our Guild today. All the information you need is available in this episode or in the general podcast descriptions. We are looking forward to having you with us on the battlefield.